Hey guys, this is Project Esports for April 15th, 2019, day one of the first day that we have Game of Thrones back. We were just talking about that in pre-show, but it feels good to be that. We have so much coming up in the next month, but we're not focusing on all that. We want to talk esports because that is what we do each and every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch.tv popped off. Popped underscore off, my bad, at Project Esports. As always, I am your host, Andrew Nimsgern, alongside James Graham and Dylan Beal. How are you guys doing today? Uh, go ahead. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I, I just, all week, I just been sitting down, I've been plugged in, I've been online, watching esports, watching uh, Game of Thrones, watching TV. I just, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about it all, because I've been plugged in, and uh, I'm ready to share the knowledge. I finally have a pair of glasses that like embody my how I feel as like as my age and you actually yeah, do look a lot different. The glasses look good. You're pulling off the glasses. Thank you, thank you. It was it was I it was fully because of Dylan. Dylan was like the only reason I got them. He he pushed me over the edge. He gave me that extra little bit, that extra little push. So uh, yeah, I, I'm a good hype man. I hype my boys you're, you're, up. You're a great hype man. Sure. <laughs> well. Wow. Yeah, well, let's let's say that our post show, uh, pre show discussion is a little different. Thanks, man. But before we get going into everything, we do have a couple of big topics coming up, including the rocket selling with Jordy's uh, stake in Clutch Gaming, a lot of Project Overwatch news. We had the Spring uh, Split Finals coming up, and we had a fight in the 2K League. But <laughs> we'll get all of that later. We don't really have any big housekeeping. We have a lot, a lot of things in the works right now. Probably in the upcoming weeks, we will be sharing more about that. We have new shows. We have all kinds of new things coming out. So do tune in for that through Popped Off, through Project Esports, all one big thing. So we do have more coming in the future. So do tune in for that whenever that news kind of comes out. But until then, let's talk some esports and let's talk about the Rockets leaving the LCS. Yeah, Clutch Gaming is gone. Um, so their their Twitter has been like super memey, and I think it's because they know they're kind of on the way out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to hand their ha- handle over to the Sixers, but to give a full recap for everybody, uh, the Clutch sold Clutch Gaming or the the, the Rockets, uh, Houston Rockets sold the um, collective uh, or majority share, sorry, to uh, the Sixers. The Sixers, of course, own Team Dignitas. Dignitas has been without us for uh, without uh, without being in the LCS. I can't talk today. I can't talk today at all um, for about two years now, and it's left a sore spot in my heart. Um, I used to love the original Dignitas squad, and uh, you know now they're taking now they're taking them back older. Um, Sixers, I think that deal was secured last week. So mm-hmm. yeah, now we'll be seeing Clutch inevitably leaving at some point. Don't know what's going to happen with the social media. Don't know what's going to happen with the players because, and the big reason we're kind of leading with this is this is the first time we've watched somebody, we watched a franchise team leave. We've already like switch it over, right? Like we haven't seen this in Overwatch. We haven't seen this in League of Legends. Well, didn't we see, so I don't think it was to this extent, but didn't Texas Esports are trying or did sell a majority of their share in Optic, which was something somewhat similar. It wasn't to the somewhat, same scale, yeah. but it was that. It was that the Rockets had this spot that like they were the majority share. Like they sold it for twenty million, which was the entry fee, and it's only majority yeah. share. So that technically means that the team gained value over time, which they is a good money. thing. Which is a good thing to see that yeah, they sold their share for what the entry fee is, which means that obviously they're doing well enough that the Sixers found value in paying 
more than they would have originally, which is something really good to see. But yeah, to this extent, it's really the first time we've seen something yeah, like this. I mean, the only other thing we also saw was over in the EU when they were beginning their franchising and there was like some um, some jumping around between like uh, movie star writers were going to hop in or not. But that was more around the lines of like whether or not they were going to commit, not that they were going to outright sell their spot. So, yeah, this is crazy. So um, I'm really interested to see what kind of happens with their staff and everything like that, because have they confirmed that the branding is going to stay the same? There's been no switch either way, but but Philly does own Team Dignitas. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're going to make their branding over. That seems to be the big assumption. Nobody's nobody's come out and denied it, so I'm starting to think that that's actually what's happening. I'm not too it, sure. It can't happen till next year, though. I would no, be I, amazed I so. if it happened this year, but going into whatever next season is, I guess season three of franchising, two of franchising, uh, three next season year three of franchising yeah. it'll be next changed because they can't change in mid-season going into msi like it's too far gone and it'll probably take a couple <laughs> well like this thing so they have the off season which in clutch has nothing to worry about because they do not make msi at all so if they want to make that switch mid-season it could happen technically but i don't know if it will i don't i can't see it you know what i mean who uh, yeah i it mean be, it's gonna be yeah no we don't know how this is gonna go because we haven't seen it happen before right do we know how it's worked in like traditional sports like the NBA or the NHL when they like when they move a franchise? Like, do they take all the players with them? So moving a franchise is kind of far and rare. Like you don't really see far between t- happening and it's really a rare. Well, when, like, thing. The, when like Atlanta moved like the Thrashers, like what uh, do you remember what happened with that? There has not been a team move, I guess. We have the Oakland Raiders. We have the L.A. Rams um, would be the two teams that have in my lifetime moved. It's the only two that I remember of recently. And both times, a majority of the staff stayed. I yeah, assume yeah. it'd be the same because they're not moving the actual team. Well, well that's the, just it. So with the with the, 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 the Rams and the, the Raiders, it wasn't like a, a franchise. Like there, was, there wasn't any branding shift. There was nothing like that. A little bit. I mean, I like, mean they changed the city I mean, names, but that's about all. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, but the logo didn't change. Like, you weren't looking at like the whole uniforms, like all that stuff. And I mean, like the only thing that's really happened in the NHL is when the Golden Knights became a thing. But they kind of they became a franchise. They didn't change another one, right? So um, yeah, it'd just be weird that that'd be. I, there's not even a comparison of it because in traditional sports, you don't have another pro team buying another pro team which is kind of like how it is in theory even though it's the 76ers you have team digitas buying clutch gaming and that doesn't happen in traditional sports because that's not how ownership hands like kind of change it's just between a bunch of rich people at the top for traditional sports you don't have it changing between two organizations that compete in the same space so there's no comparison well, they're not even competing in the same space because Team Digitas. That'd be like the, the kind of with the comparison you're using is like if TSM decided to buy Clutch Gaming because they're not competing in the same space. They're in but they did compete in the same place though. At one time, yes, the franchising when Digitas got kicked out. But again, we've talked about this kind of on social media that what's considered direct competitors in esports is a little difference because at one point Team Digitas did play in League of Legends. They did have a League of Legends team. So at one point they were another pro team that scene yeah but i just i feel like i don't know man like i feel like everything's been erased 
since franchising was a thing. You know what I mean? Same thing with EU. Like, I mean, EU, they kind of just like wiped the slate clean and now they're into franchise. They're even calling it like the like year one of the LEC. And it's kind of this, like we're into year two of the LCS. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is a totally different entity now, right? No, yeah. No, I, I agree. But I think we both can agree on this is the return of I'm a cutie pie to the pro. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna come back and lead Team D- Team Dig and Toss to victory. Him and Kiwi Kid and Shifter. Like, we're getting all the boys back. Bring it back. Just bring the original great. roster back. That would be... We don't want that. That means, like, Crumbs is jungling again. I think I think it, he was the jungler. It was it was a mess. Like, that roster was a gong. It was it was re- actually the, the the team the team really did start going downhill and I mean I, I understand why they didn't really get selected for franchising. This is really weird too because this is like a weird bypass of the franchising commission. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So like I don't know I don't know maybe this is like maybe this is team like the Sixers and Team Dignitas just playing like four dimensional chess. Like they're like no clutch. Like Houston Rockets, you buy this spot. We'll come buy it from you in like two years time when you guys start tanking. Wink, wink, unintentionally. I don't, I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. I don't know how many people they're going to keep. Who knows, right? Yeah. But just thinking from the business side, there will be a rebrand because otherwise it doesn't really benefit 76ers or Team Digitas if they can't rebrand from Clutch Gaming. Yeah, I don't because I mean, because everybody like everybody knows it as the Houston Rockets brand, exactly. right? So, so if I mean, anything, it hurt that it helped the Rockets while the 76ers wouldn't gain as much. So I have a feeling that's coming eventually. We don't know when. But um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's cool. Be curious to see how it kind of happens. I think it's a ways away. It could happen this offseason. But that's a lot of moving parts to happen very, very quickly. So we'll see and we'll follow up on that whenever that happens. I'm sure whenever they make that official announcement, we'll be talking about it here. But with that, we can move into our favorite podcast within a podcast project, Overwatch, where each and every episode we find a way to talk about way too much at Overwatch in a very, very short podcast. And today we have a couple of stories. Um, I want to lead. It's not the first one on the list, but the Valiant finally won a game. We have joined the rank of the bad teams that have won a game, which is a.k.a. the Justice and the Mayhem. So I would just like to say that... I didn't get to watch the game. I can never watch another game because I watched the, them play the Gladiators on Sunday and they lost. So I'm clearly they lost hard, man. Yeah. They got the, the, like I mean that that Gladiators gift they tweeted out that was that was pretty ruthless. Them getting hooked into the trash can like that's not good, man. That's not a good look. Nobody does that to the mayhem. Nobody does that. Like because no one expects you to do better. Yeah, that's why. That's fine, man. That's, it saves us the public shaming. The public shaming. That's what that's what happened to the Valiant, man. You guys are too smart to play one of your players. Not anymore. We've made the changes. And unfortunately, Dylan's team has made a little bit of changes too. How's Ark doing? Is he doing okay? He's doing all right. But uh, I guess moving on to the next story within it. um, Yeah, jumping around. Um, Unfortunately, Kate Mitchell, um, our our assistant manager, is uh, stepping down at the end of the stage. Um, she decided that it wasn't the best mental health environment for her. And then just just to take care of herself, she said, you know, this isn't really the space for me. I need to step away. And I think the really big thing is uh, she wrote a big medium post. I would definitely recommend going out and reading that. Um, but she just like called out the community specifically, um, more specifically, I mean, I guess Reddit and just how much of a toxic environment it was. Um, and she said that had a huge role in it. So um, definitely 
very terrible to see uh, another check mark on why um, I think gamers are number one on my list now to to send to the block. But I thought we were going to give the block a rest for a week. Well, you know what? I thought it was going to I was going to give it a, a rest. But you know what? Gamers just keep doing bad stuff. They need to stop. Gamers keep being gamers, man. But no, we talked about this. Like, I think it was either amongst ourselves or on Twitter or something like that about how much we think OWL really prepped their staff, their players, because we're seeing a lot of burnout. We're seeing stuff like this come out. Like, is this is this an Overwatch isolated problem or is this something that's esports entirely that other communities are just more mentally prepared for? I I think it's a twofold kind of issue. Um I think this toxic environment is 100% not only in esports, but just in gaming. And I, I, I would say just like, in, like, I, I, like, I don't want to say nerd culture, but like even a step beyond that, like, uh, like special interest culture, every special interest has kind of like, especially with the internet, a very toxic environment around it. So I guess an, an internet issue of having very toxic environments, which is the gaming community, which is the esports community being incredibly toxic online but i think it's just um accelerated by the way that overwatch league is is set up and the way that they went from very much not an esport to, to, to you know a very small scale esport to just like turn that shit to 11 throw it on the main stage put it on espn have these players play a ton of games they're moving to la they're going back and forth between their home cities. By the way, 2020, you're going to go to your home cities. Better have a team up and running. Better make sure it's really good because of the shareholders. Make sure that you please the teams. Like, it's it's just a whole lot at once. And I don't think they have the support staff behind them as well. Because League of Legends, huge, giant, a lot of moving parts, and incredibly stressful. I think they have a lot of the support staff there that probably helps a lot with that. Yeah, yeah. I really agree with that, too, is that... It is definitely internet culture, but at the same time, we do not see this kind of churn and burn of coaches and staffs at any other esports at this point, at least at this level. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't follow the League of Legends near as close, but I haven't heard of a single player retiring mid-split because of their mental health. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't, like... So I can I can even list examples. Darshan has been under a ton of criticism. Aframu's been under an insane amount of criticism. Um, same with like Hui and stuff like that. And these guys don't retire midseason. They don't they don't remove themselves. We did run into the reckless benching himself, but he didn't retire. He yeah. recognized that the meta wasn't for him, and he was getting flamed for it. So he's like, I'm just gonna go make sure I'm really good at this one thing and come back. So we don't see that this is not a common thing in in. Or even in MOBAs, like I don't even think this happens with Dota either. And Dota is very much on the same scale, if not, if not bigger. I actually refer to it as a the most prestigious esport because it's definitely it's definitely up there. They're, they're, those guys are cut from a different cloth, but they're more resilient. I like I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to take. I don't want to take a shit on the Overwatch community. I don't want to do that because it doesn't seem fair. But it just seems like these guys are breaking so quick, and I don't think it's. It's the I don't think it's the the esport. I don't think it's the realm. Like I want to know why this is happening. I don't. I can't figure it out. Well, I mean, it's not the people. Like at, at the end of the day, the players are you know they're players. A lot of these are like 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 it's not just because oh they're an Overwatch player. They come from the Overwatch community that they're breaking easily. It's it is because of the environment one hundred percent, and it is because of Overwatch League. It's not because of Overwatch specifically. 
but because of how the league is set up, like it is an incredibly high stress environment and it's proving to be way more so than any other game. I mean, like is, just last season, is it, though? Like, it is. How's it, how's it much more than League of Legends? I mean, I personally can't say because I'm not a player, but I mean, last season we had a ton of players come out and be like, this is this is awful. I hate this. Like so many of them said they're incredibly stressed out. It's too much for them. Like it, it's not it, those players are coming out and like even though they're not retiring, tons of people are like, this is incredibly stressful environment. I cannot do this. League of Legends doesn't have this problem because of the way the LCS is set up. You know, Dota doesn't have this problem because of the way it's set up. Like, it's set up differently. It's because of how they set up Overwatch League, it makes the problems 100 times as worse. Because if someone's on the internet saying terrible things about you constantly, it's one thing if you're in a really good space that has a lot of support and it's not stressful. It's a whole other thing of when you're in an incredibly stressed environment on a team that, you know what, they might not be doing the best, and so they're getting flamed extra hard because of it. And you have no support network and you have all these games and it's incredibly stressful. Like it's a lot of factors at once that Dota, that League of Legends, they don't have that currently right now with any of their teams because they have that support network because of the way it's set up. I just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure out what this what the like the like the the support network you're referring to and why it's why it's so different from anything else that's franchised. Is it like the stage setup? Is it like the, the staff just aren't in place? Like, what's the what's the major breaking point between between the I I think it is a ton of different things. I mean, if you look at a League of Legends team, right, I know a couple years ago, League of Legends teams were coming out and saying like how they have like sports psychologists and like nutritionists and they have like a bunch of the support network a couple years ago. The extent of what I know Overwatch League has is I know their teams have chefs. I mean, I mean, I mean, they're well-trained chefs. And I'm sure they're, you know, they're not nutritionists, but they're chefs and they know how to feed people and stuff. But what I'm getting at is, do they have sports psychologists with their, like, like in, in embedded in the teams? Do they have this large support network that a team like Team Liquid has? Team Liquid has been around for like over a decade at this point. Like it's a well-seasoned team. And like, I know, I like, I, I, I know a lot of these teams are, are owned and operated by sports companies and large companies that kind of know what it means to run a sports team, but I don't think they're running it like a sports team. I like, I don't know, man. I have a hard time agreeing with that because a lot of these teams bought in for, excuse my language for fuck you money. Like it was, it was millions of dollars that they bought in for that they should like they, they and they, again, they are coming from storied franchise teams that should be aware of this. And I don't, and I, I just, I feel like that thing there is, is too massive of an oversight for it to be allowed to happen. I feel, I feel like there is, I, I think, I think Overwatch rushed it. I think they made the league too quick. So people didn't have a, a chance to even ease into the competitive environment to this extent. I don't think any of them were ready for this kind of backlash from the fan base and stuff like that, because this, no, like everybody else has been dealing with this. Like Starcraft's been dealing with it. League of Legends has been dealing with it. Not at the scale, though. It's not. It's it, it's a different scale. It's a different timeline. Starcraft started incredibly small and ramped up very slowly. It wasn't that, like, and that's, and that's what I mean. I think the ramp up was too quick. No, and that's yeah, just, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think the ramp up, and they weren't. They didn't have all the pieces in place for that ramp up. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it it has to be that. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, people are people. 
I, I agree. I don't know. I just, again, man, we just shouldn't see this many people cracking. No, like, we, I, we absolutely shouldn't. And it's, I think, 100% on the fault of the, um, the, the league overall. I don't think this is inherently any of the staff's fault or the players' fault. I, well, I know it's not their fault. I think it's the environment's fault. And I think it's the way that the league is set up. I think it's 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 those factors at once. I I think we haven't touched on one big point about the whole Kate thing that is probably because we're three white guys, but I think a lot of it had to do with the sexism in the community. And hundred percent. And I think that's something that we we really should have led with more than talking about the big community. That the reason she left, the reason she took up so much criticism, because she's really the first coach to step down willingly. That's a different position than players cracking or players going because they can make more money somewhere else. She just couldn't handle it. And that's not saying anything against her. That's saying how bad this community is and how sexist this community can be towards her. That no human being can handle that much. It has nothing to do with her gender. It has to do with how bad this community is towards her. And I think that's something that we didn't touch on right away and something we really should have. And again, that's I don't even want to say it because saying that's just a gamer thing is condoning it, is making it okay, is making it something that's happened. But it's a fact that that is just how it is because little e-boys can't handle it. And I don't know what to do. Talking about it can only do so much. And it's you can't, you can't censor animidity. You can't, it's a thing. You can't censor this mass of people who are literally anonymous. There's, you can't. That's the that's the biggest problem with toxicity is we can't figure out how to fix it because you can't hold a person directly accountable because they can just make another account. You can mother motherboard ban like IP ban these people, but that's that's the extent you can do. And then I'm I'm sure for the league, even if they do somehow find a way to do that, which is going to be impossible because that's like Big Brother s censorship. There goes one less viewer. There goes one less person buying merch. You know what I mean? Like because they're the, I hate to say it, they're one and the same. They still watch it, so they're still contributing money to the league, and it's 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 screwed. It's it, it's such a messed up system. It, yeah, it it is terrible, and I, I mean that is something that needs to be fixed going forward. I and and like you were saying, Andrew. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's 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 got to be something, but gamers are are being really shitty about this, and it really sucks. It really sucks when we see great people have to leave the community. Because there's a ton of community members that that suck and that are, frankly, just children. Yeah, I just it just hurts. I know a lot of people I've talked to recently are hurting from that announcement because there goes one of the two prominent figure women figures in the Overwatch League. They had Gaguri and they had Kate and now they own their back down to Gaguri. And while that's great, it's a player, it's it's not enough. And seeing that someone that everyone had so much respect for, that is incredibly tough and was incredibly loved and throwing out shit on Twitter and interacting with people and really putting in the time, just couldn't handle it, really must scare away other other women wanting to get into. Who would want to get into sports? it? I, I don't blame them. Like, I mean, like, who would want to walk into that viper pit? You know what I mean? That's like no, no, no one wants to willingly do that. Like, it's one thing to be like a commentator and stuff like that, like Shocks and Frost and like Ovaly and stuff like that. But I mean, it being and it's the problem is it it puts them to under a different microscope as as is like a competitive thing, and that's where you get 
all this crap and it's just so unnecessary. Like, and it's, it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing that people want, like think that this kind of behavior is okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, man. Where are the parents? Where the hell are the parents? And, I mean, obviously there's nothing that like us three can really do on this show, no. like specifically to, to fix it. Um, but Andrew, you were talking about this the other day um, in, in our Slack. And it was just like a message to just like toxicity in general. And I thought it really resonated well, because even though this won't fix the problem, still, if if you see something, you know, see something, say something, say something, something, yeah, (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, it is something small, but like, you know, if everyone did something a little bit small, maybe that might, you know, shift the culture a little bit, even just a tiny bit. And that's more than even, and yeah, the easiest place to do it online, doing it in person is, I mean, it, sexism is to the core of the United States at this point, even a lot of the world. So anything you do inside of game, outside of game, in real life, online, every little thing does make a difference. Because if you call a guy on it, he's more likely to actually notice what he's doing and hopefully makes a change. So that, yeah, see something, say something. In whatever capacity you feel comfortable with, it all makes a difference. But with that, um, we did have one little thing about H-E-B uh, becoming a sponsor for the Outlaws. I just think that's kind of a cool thing because it's just such a small sponsor and it's very local versus national brands. I don't know how much you want to jump into that after having a super serious talk. Dylan or James, do you have any yeah, short I have, comments on that? I have some because I, I, I read into this article a little bit. Um, I think it's really good to get local sponsorships involved into these teams because you want the teams to become part of the community um and that's what they really should be pushing for if they want to make these teams big and so what they said that HEB is actually going to do is supply all the food for the team as well so it's not only like a name jersey sponsor it's actually they're 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 getting all their food from HEB which I think is really cool and then also all the live events that they're going to have there is going to be catered for by HEB nice um, and I think it's really cool. The only other team I know that has a local sponsorship um, is actually Justice. Um, I know the Washington Ju- Justice is sponsored with the uh, DC Events Board. And that's the only only small partnerships I, or sponsorships I know because um, that's on both of their jerseys retrospectively. And I guess um, one other thing we didn't have on here, I totally forgot about it. But I don't know, have either one of you guys seen the new Jack uh, Jack in a Box Dallas uh, Fuel videos that they've been doing recently? No. No. You should go and check them out. Everyone should go check them out. I think it's one of the best brand activations I've ever seen. They're full, like, animated episodes. They're like three, four minute. Uh, I think this last one was like three minutes. And it was like an animated episode where it's four of the Dallas Fuel players voiced by them, animated, and then the Jack in the Box mascot. And there was just like, it's called the uh, the Fuel House. And they just, they got the crazy, wacky adventures that go on each week and all that kind of stuff. And they have a theme song and all that kind of stuff. I just thought it was so creative. And it made me care about the Dallas Fuel more than I've ever have before. I got <laughs> It got me to watch it. It got me to go back to their profile and click around and view it. Like, I thought that was a really good brand and uh activation and it's so much more than just a logo on the t-shirt which i think we need to get away from in esports because that's in all sports if you're hosting an event if you're hosting a tournament or something like that be more creative in how you do brand activations this is a marketing guy like the small one inch logo on the back of t-shirts is so overdone let's try to find more fun ways to do it and i think little videos like that and things like that are 
something that makes people actually remember and think of the connection between the two brands. But that's something else. But James, Dylan's probably super looking forward to this, but we're jumping back into <laughs> League of Legends just a little bit. Not to recap the results as much, but to kind of talk bigger picture, prediction king a little bit from the spring split finals. Oh, God. Here we go. Yeah, so we got to see the conclusion of both the LEC, the LCS, and the LCK, and the LPL. Everything kind of concluded over the weekend. Um, Addressing Prediction King, at the beginning of the spring split, myself and Andrew had a bet, which was who would finish first in the spring split for LEC. And it was just a regular season, not the playoffs, just a regular season. Just a regular season, yeah. So, uh, Andrew... Andrew picked G2. I picked Misfits. Misfits didn't even make playoffs. G2 won the whole damn thing. And not only won the whole damn thing, but won it convincingly. These guys were pulling strategies out of places I didn't know existed. It was ridiculous. That 3-0 was insane. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it, but it was ridiculous. I think it it lasted like an hour and like 17 minutes for the finals of a stage. is ridiculous. The second game broke records by like minutes for the fastest game like the lcs or the eu lcs ever completed in the finals yeah it was like 18 minutes like 20 something seconds and that was the there was like this weird like zaya funnel comp wasn't it like it was something super bizarre like it didn't make any sense it was oh my god Uh, i couldn't wrap my head they looked like gods among men they looked like they were playing a low-end college team, how convincingly and how they were just troll picking almost. Like But it wasn't troll picking. Like that that was that was like that was them being that confident. They the had game. their mid playing support, their support jungling, and their ADC topping or something. That is a troll comp, no matter what you want to call it. When you have three players not playing their primary positions, that is not a serious game. Well, that's that goes back to the the dated funnel comp, which was a thing where your mid laner was literally the powerhouse. Your ju- you, both your AD and your support were both playing supports. Like it was, and then, so this was a thing. So when people saw, like when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is a modified funnel comp. It's not like I mean, it looks trolly. It looks trolly to anybody who hasn't been really been closely paying attention, like yourself. But like for me, I'm like, okay, I know what they're doing, but I didn't think it would work. Like I didn't think they'd bust that out. So this and that really speaks to what G two is going to do internationally. Like MSI is going to be crazy. Yeah, we'll get crazy to that in a minute. Let's yeah. go back and look at the LCK against the L- uh, LPL. If you want to talk about that and the LCS a little bit before we're talking MSI, because we do have a fan question about that. But let's yeah, yeah. So uh, just a just a real quick recap. Um, we got like I mentioned it last week as an honorable mention that SKT and Griffin would be squaring off. And we got to see that either Griffin's just not as hot as they we thought they were, or SKT is still SKT. Um, it was a three zero for SKT. Um, Griffin pulled out this thing called the Avengers bottom bottom lane, which was Talia and Pantheon. It was this really really weird mix up, which basically was like the big thing was supposed to be it was guaranteed CC and it was just pick off. Um, it forced Teddy and Mata to run double cleanse. They did. They still stomped. It was crazy. So. This kind of raised the big question internationally. Is it now, was it like the SKT reign of dominance or was it the Korean reign of dominance or are they one and the same? You know what I mean? Like, is it just Koreans just dominating the game or is it literally SKT just being that good? 
we don't know. But we get some really we get some really heartfelt emotional interviews out of Faker. He felt really bad because like their their all their previous players still refer to it as their SKT. And Faker taught, even talked about his last year's uh, lineup about like it being their SKT, and he wanted to win with our SKT and stuff like that. So yeah. it it shows it shows where his mindset is, and it's really it's really adorable. It's humbling, right? Yeah, his his interviews. He seemed a lot more personable than ever, and he's even talking about how he was looking forward to playing double lift at MSI and all that kind of stuff too. So I, I enjoyed seeing that side for Faker again. I don't follow the LCK super closely but i caught a lot more coverage from than normal only because of faker but nonetheless it was very cool and then we we're gonna go over to something that you're still not watching but still know the results you're still not finished watching sorry but you do know the results which is the tsm liquid finals which was it was spicy (laughs) it was real spicy i put it on twitter should i go back and watch this games and i everyone said yes watch all of them and I had several people mention they were clown fiestas, and I really do think that was a great way to describe the series. So it's far, NAD. I've only seen four it's games. NA. Well, yeah, game five, game five is a banger. So get, get excited to watch that. But uh, yeah, no, and then just kind of bumping over the LPL, I wanted to peep it just to kind of see uh, what the results were, and I'm not really surprised. X World Champions Invictus Gaming, three one top gaming. Not really surprised. So we get to see Invictus again, which is sick because yeah. Invictus is really, really good. So I'm ex- like MSI is getting like it's gonna be fun. There's gonna be like and we get we we get that that gap thing closing now, which kind of which kind of uh, leads into our fan question. Yeah, which is which is what which is what Andrew. So from Craig, um, originally the question was like how how's things kind of looking globally? He was talking about worlds, but since we are so close to MSI. I mean, I guess I don't have the exact question pulled up, but pretty much what the question he wanted to ask was, is how are the teams we're talking about going to do at Worlds? And we're going to do it at MSI since that's coming up so much. And what I really want to do is rank Invictus, SKT, Team Liquid, G2, and talk about how close these gaps are, how these teams are going to do. And like you're kind of saying, is the gap actually closing or are we still just seeing dominant teams in each region? And we're not going to know until MSI comes around. So the way in my very non-expert armchair, armchair analyst opinion, I want to rank it SKT, G2, and Invictus. All The three of them are literally on par with each other. I think they're that close. I think the, the talent coming out of China is insane. That 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 region is huge. Um, like they literally have like East and West conferences. It's ridiculous. Like they have tons and tons of teams. So you get to see so many more superstars showcased. And I think that really that really plays into how good Invictus is. That they were even able to walk away from the finals in a three-one. So, in my opinion, I think them SKT, despite the fact that yes, they did have a three-zero against Griffin. I still think that's kind of Griffin being inconsistent by SKT being so good. Mm-hmm. And then we had G two just being these like they're in a different league altogether. I put those three all together. I literally number one, and then Team Liquid at number four. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I guess I, I can't talk too much about Invictus because I haven't seen them play at all since um last year. I, and I watched uh, two maps, I mean, two of the three rounds of the uh, SKT-Griffin match there, too. So I guess I don't have the full picture of everything. But all I know is that Team Liquid NA is still extremely far behind, even EU. The gap difference between G2 now, 
So, so first off, it's G2 EU LCS, I think is where it is. The LEC and then LCS. Just seeing how dominant that G2 was over Origin. That beat a Fnatic that I still think is better than the majority of the LCS teams really yeah. scares me. And I think I, I won't be able to know. Obviously, no one will be able to know until he played MSI. But I do think G2 is scarier than I would have anticipated even at the beginning of the split. And I think they are confident. I think they are playing extremely well. And they just have the players to make a great run. And I can see them doing well at MSI. I can't do the ratings as well as you do because I don't know them as well. But G2 is kind of, in my eyes, getting rid of that Oh, Western Conference meme. Like, G2 seems scary, and I think they're going to do well at the even the world stage. Yeah, I mean, like, in EU, historically, it has done pretty good, like, internationally. Yeah, you know much I mean? better so, than. Much better than North America, right? So, I mean, I this doesn't really – like, it surprises me, but it doesn't at the same time. Like, I mean, we got to remember that Fnatic took Invictus to the finals. Was it a 3-0? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, like, Fnatic still made it there. Vitality had a crazy showing. G2 had a crazy showing. And then we have Cloud9, but Cloud9 didn't make it to MSI. They didn't make it that far, right? So it's, and I think that, I think that, like, I think the world performance is exclusive to Cloud9 North and in North America. Nobody else really meets that merit. Nobody else has really proven it. Maybe TSM, maybe, but again, like, Team Liquid's who we got, guys, and that's who we're sending. So forever yeah. fourth place, boys. Yeah, it's, it's not looking good, but G2, I'm really excited to play. And so going back to Prediction King, so we only picked the winner of the spring splits. But I felt that it would be appropriate since I picked the split finals winner that there should be additional points awarded. So instead of the one point, would we find it being fair as a 1.5? Dylan? As the impartial third party, I approve this point increase. Uh, God, yeah, whatever. Get, take your 1.5, whatever, man. Long live, long live hey, the prediction hey, king. Hey, Andrew, hey, Andrew. Are you keeping track of these points like you said you were going to? Much more closely than I was last year. By that, I mean there is a Excel sheet somewhere with the bets we have made so far. That's good. It's in the Google Drive that I organized. Yes, which you, it's do, somewhere. Which you don't look at. No, Andrew, but it's somewhere. Andrew, that was a wonderful question. If people want to ask questions, how can they do that? If you wanted to ask any questions to us, you can send them to contact at poppedoff.com just include questions ask the question whatever way you want that just send that email to us otherwise you can reach out to us on twitter send us a dm tweet it at us anyway we aren't going to be too picky about it but yeah so do contact at poppedoff.com and send your question in there or reach out to us on twitter and we'll try to answer your question on the following week's episode if we have a really good one or if you want to know what our favorite colors are who knows we might answer it one week. It's up to you. Ask the question, you'll find out. There we go. But All right. With that, Dylan, we're going to give you a little bit of time to shine here. Let's talk about Rutgers. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit last week about the Scarlet Classic. Um, and one of the big events they had there was the NYXL Spring. And so basically what that was is they had like a big... Uh, like cheer competition sort of with a bunch of colleges NYXL did and whatever t- six top 16 teams got the most cheers from like fans and stuff would get into a bracket for overwatch um, they would all play down to the top four 
Um, and then they would play the top four um, at uh, the Scarlet Classic, which is hosted by Rutgers Esports. And because everyone knows that Esports is just an anime, Rutgers was able to take it and win at, at their, their home event, which was kind of nice. They beat out um, New Jersey IT, NJIT. Yeah. Is NJIT one of the favorites? Um, they were doing incredibly well. Um, they're a very good team. Um, and Rutgers Esports was just better. And they 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 swept them. Um, it was it was pretty good to see. And it was exciting because one, they won at home, and two, it was a really good event from what I heard. You know, the Scarlet Classic is every year it like kind of builds up more and more and more. It's like a totally student run event. Um, so it's exciting to see students every year take an event and make it bigger and bigger and bigger until this, which I mean, obviously they had NYXL Spring Rally, which is huge and was really awesome to see. Uh, they had the Street Fighter qualifiers um, that, you know, uh, the winner of that gets to go to the ESPN uh, collegiate showdown thing in Houston in May. Um, and then also, I think it's considered at least a regional for Smash. I don't think it's considered national, but it is a regional in Smash. So like if you live in the, I would say tri-state area at at the very least, you go to this event to play Smash. So huh. it's exciting. It's a huge event. It's a big deal. And they have pretty good sponsors too. I'll take it. Yeah. I gotta get down to I gotta get down to a college event, man. Because Dylan makes them sound like so appealing. And I'm like, I don't know anything about like college wow. well, Yeah, he makes them sound life changing. <laughs> no, it's really hit and miss. Some schools are absolutely amazing, and they put on these you know events like Scarlet Classic. They're way over the top. I mean, like UConn and Penn State and all that. They put on crazy cool events, and obviously the California schools. But we already know they do well. We're not. We don't care about them. Yeah, we're not surprised. Um, and I know there's a couple Canadian schools that do super well as well. Um, but yeah, then some, but then some schools are really small, and you know. They, they can only do kind of small things, so it all depends on the college. You should just start so, one locally instead, James, instead of going to one. Just go to your uh, local college saying, hey, I want to put on an event for you guys. You go say no. college. So you're, I do, you're 30 I, I years a, old. I go to a private college. I go to oh, wow. Very different. Ooh. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Private college isn't a good thing. What? <laughs> yeah. It's is not, Canada it's backwards? It is backwards, yeah. Wait, I thought public was the... The, the the Canada funded one, community college. I, okay, all your words, all your words are just different. <laughs> we have a different vocabulary in for, Canada. For us, Canada private college is like Ivy League. No, dude. For us, private college just means they take more money, but same education. Community college. Well, that's what private schools mean in the United States too. Wait, that means private's better than if it's. But it's like not prestigious. Nobody is like, yo, man, good shit. You went to wait, a private they just take no money. They take more money for no reason. I mean, I wouldn't say no, no, like no more reason. Like it's a, it's a different education. I wouldn't say it's more of an. Then what's the point? <laughs> okay, okay, that's literally how it is in the United States too. They just take no, more that's, money. Okay, from, it's a there's little, a little bit of prestige from the top one percent of private schools, and then after that, yeah. it's like, oh, congratulations, you went to a private school of two thousand people and spent three million dollars. You don't need that much more. It's only the Ivy League and a couple other other prestigious 
private schools. But that's not True. that's not esports talk. That's not why we're here. We can talk about that post show. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Rutgers? I know neither one of us really have too much to add on that. It is a cool thing. Um, if you want to go ch- check out last week's episode, we did have Jonah, um, Jonah Reed on, correct? Jo- at Jonah Reeds. At Jonah Reeds. Uh, yeah. He was he was there. He was uh he was commenting. It was a cool, he had a good production too. Sorry, I don't mean to hype this event up so much, but it was really cool. I'd watch it on Twitch. See, there we go. That's good. I gotta check out Scarlet Classic as well to get check out. But with that, we do have one last episode to talk about a little bit. And luckily we have a 2K writer in the chat if you want to pop at any point. But there was a little bit of a scuffle at the opening second week, one of the two, of the 2K League after one yeah. of the games. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to like. Th- I wouldn't get John going too much because I know he's just gonna he's gonna lose his mind. Uh, but yeah, no. So we actually saw our first fight in in like esports like in a hot minute. Like I haven't, I can't think of a time an actual brawl happened. But it was between Ofab and Depoy Shots. Um, uh, one of um, Hawkstown Gaming, the other one's a Celtics crossover. Yeah. Um. John in chat calls it a fight in quotation. It was a shoving match. Like it was, it was just match. one big shove and then a shove. Back, it was yeah. a bit, it was a big shove. It was really weird too. Cause the interaction happened with like one guy, like one guy, like basically like giving the guy the cold shoulder, then getting pissed off that he gave him the cold shoulder and then shoved him. So like it was, it was weird. The, the crazy part about this is, is two things. One, their fine is only a $500 in one game suspension, which is weird. And two, it just it just shows to me that 2K is just a whole different esport altogether, and I love it. It's more it's like it's so entertaining because you get stuff like this, you get the personalities, you get you get a, you get refs jumping in to break up a brawl, like a, or a brawl in air quotes, but still, it's sick. I, I'm I was stoked. It was great. I don't know, man. I watched that clip so many times. Yeah, it's it's been overhyped. I don't know. I've seen some people upset in the 2K community about some of the suspensions that are kind of laid out. That'd be the one thing. But I mean, traditional sport esports are a whole different breed. They really they're are. like the it's FGC. Sick. So there's esports, there's FGC, and there's sport esports. Is really where they lay because every group is a different breed. And you see it in the 2K League, and even a lot of traditional sports. They're all big personalities, big egos. They love to talk. They love to smack talk. It's a lot more like traditional sports in that way. Esports is kind of the traditional gamer boys. Not all of them, but he had that little more stereotype. And then FGC is that weird middle ground. But I, I, I think almost allowing that to happen in the... I don't know. The traditional sports, esports. It's really wordy. We got to workshop. I know. But I just think that's better because it is going to be more likely for kind of normal fans to coming over from traditional sports to watch it because they're like, oh, these are just kind of like the same thing that happens if you go watch it on TV. Like you see scuffles in basketball at times. Sure, that's usually $25,000, but that's because those professional players are making 300 times the money that uh, these guys are making. But. They're never big, like, unless it's a big fight, they don't really do much more than a couple game suspension. So it seems pretty on par with, like, what the NBA would do with a couple of shoving. Usually, shoving happens every single game and doesn't really happen. Sure, different situations, but I like that they're not putting the hammer down too hard. I think it's going to make it much more entertaining and much bigger personalities. 
Yeah, uh, John, our 2K writer, actually kind of waited in the chat and basically said that 2K is a lot of like old athletes. It's guys who used to play traditional sports who've kind of transitioned over into this. And the fight was more of a like almost like symbolic slash ritualistic. Like it was more of like for sticking up to your homie vice, like, you know, actually just like outright aggression. Right. So it's a bit of a it, there's some meaning behind it. So which is there, which it kind of usually means. In, like, traditional sports, too, like with hockey, you get that all the time. Like, you know, one of your guys gets taken out and you have a guy who's not the enforcer, but, like, you know, he's the enforcer that goes out and takes out, like, lays somebody else out to send a message, right? Like, it's kind of one of those things, right? I got a, I got a proposal. You Go know, instead, instead of worrying about fines and all that, implement hockey rules. You get into the halftime in 2K. <laughs> if, if stuff has been going off, if people are popping off, if people are saying things... You're allowed to just stand up, just a little, a little scuffle, a little quick scuffle. Once the halftime ends, you know, separate them, get a little too hurt, put them in the pen, you know, put in, put in your uh, attempt players. It's all good to go. I love it. I love it. I want to, I want to see two minutes for rough in uh, <laughs> in the two K league. I love it. Yeah, so it's a little overblown. I think John has a lot of opinions on it. Um, he might even be putting out articles sometimes, so we'll see how that kind of goes with that. But yeah, it's. Not as big as some people are making it do out of uh, making it out to be, but it's still interesting. We don't talk about too many fights in esports, so at least uh, 2K League's making it interesting for us. But with that, is there anything else you guys want to talk about from any of our kind of big stories before we move into housekeeping? I mean, not into housekeeping, honorable mentions. No, you guys are good? Drop the gloves, boys. Drop the gloves. Are you it's, ready? No. <laughs> Go are for you it. ready? No. Tetris esports time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so actually the event just I think it just concluded. Um, but Nintendo was like, hey, everyone, you like playing this game competitively um, between April 12th and 15th. Every time you place above 80th and I think you get more points, the higher you go above 80th place, um, you get points. And the top 999 players um, during this time, whoever got the most points uh, got eShop uh, currency. Um, so I think it was like a mostly like a back end kind of just in the system thing. Like you weren't playing inherently playing against people who were doing it, but just as you were playing, you were earning these points. And uh, yeah, 999 people got some eShop money for being great Tetris players. So that was exciting. Good job, guys. Good job. Te- bring Tetris esports into the mainstream. I'm ready for it, even though PPT is better. Poyo Poyo, Poyo, Poyo Tetris? Yeah, Poyo Poyo <laughs> Cross Tetris. It's better because it's like a 1v1, but it, that's besides the point. You've seen the gears in like, uh, like Andrew's head, just like, I, I know this acronym. I know what this is. He talks about it too much. He likes Tetris way too much. James, uh, actually, I guess I can talk about it a little bit, but... It's up to you. Yeah. yeah, Epic. Still doing Epic things. They're fixing some bugs. They haven't brought back... Everything we kind of talked about last week, well, you guys talked about a little bit last week, that Ninja was kind of poor got in the game, didn't like some of the major changes. They fixed some things. They had the first stage of the World Cup going on this week, which I think brought back a lot of people, whether they were happy with the state of the game or not. Ninja's playing again. He's kind of reverting back to old Ninja. He told someone on stream to <laughs> suck a dick. So a lot of people... No apology afterwards either. No, he, he just didn't. Said it and rode with it. Yeah, so people are kind of happy about that. Family Friendly Ninja might be going away. It's full-time Ninja After Dark. But Fortnite's still in a state of flux. World Cup 
week one kind of went fine. So not too much to talk about there, but we'll keep you yeah, we'll keep you an update on Fortnite as that keep going, but who knows? But anything else you guys yeah want to talk about? We went through our question for the day already. Otherwise, yeah, it was a pretty good episode. A lot of league talk today. Dylan didn't have too much to say about any of that, but we actually we actually had like a two part question of the day that we kind of scuffed the other one just because it was just that ridiculous. But oh. Craig also asked us which one which one of us was the the best rapper, which Dylan already tapped out, and I'm not competing with Andrew to to you know figure out which one of us can spit more bars. I don't know. Three way tie. I've nope. I've watched a lot of Eight Mile. <laughs> actually, a battle. All right. The Eight Mile, it's, it's, Eight Mile, it's, 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 and it's the kid. streets have prepared me for this. No, uh, Step Up. That's what I was thinking. That's a dance I, I, battle, but... I've, I've watched a lot of King of the Dot, man. They're really mean on there. I don't want to do that to you. King of the Dot, it's, a, it's like a battle rapping league. I know what it is, but do it to me. You mean I do it to you. No. So, all, all I'm saying, guys, is Twitch Sings is going to be a thing. <laughs> you could stream karaoke. Which is a putting in the functionality for this to be a reality. Okay, we're doing an Eminem song, James. Well, we will do a competition. We'll each sing an Eminem song. Well, we'll rap an Eminem song. and never has a higher score. Wins. Dylan, if you want in on this, we can make it a prediction battle. A prediction king battle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I already win because you called it singing an Eminem song. I, I think I should just win by default. Well, he sings in some of his songs. Stan. Sure. It was new. Stan is oh. singing, not rapping. What? Dude, that has Dido as like the as the vocals. Like that's not him. You know that's not him, right? Yes, I know that's not him, but the song is still more singing than rapping. What? No, dude. Have you listened to go listen to Stan again? Go listen to Stan again. God, you make me so disappointed. All the time. That's why I got these glasses. Not because I'm an old man, but because you disappoint me so much as a younger dude. That's why. I'll we'll listen to it post stream. I think it's I think it's more singing than you remember. Maybe my Alzheimer's is sitting in. Who knows? Whatever. We gotta get out of here. This is going way too long. Um, but with that, this is Project Esports for April 15th, 2019. We get off topic a little bit, but as always, we love having you guys coming in, interacting with us, and just dealing with whatever we are. Thank you for sticking it out. Thank you for interacting in the chat. You guys have been blowing up tonight. God love you. Uh, I don't know why you stick it out at this point. I have no idea. Follow okay. us on Twitter at, at the Esports Pod. Find us on Twitch. Push the little heart button up in the top right corner. All of your little support and everything like that means the world to us. And you can find us every single Monday talking about Stuff. whatever, whatever yes. Andrew's going to talk about, I guess, um, at 630 Eastern Standard Time here at twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. Um, if you missed the live show, that's okay because all the VODs go up on YouTube the following day. If you just search popped off on YouTube or Project Esports, It'll come up and you can watch it there. And if you want the best version of the show of where you don't have to see James's disappointment on his face, then <laughs> check out Project Esports on any podcast platform. I'm talking Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, all of them. We're on all of them. Literally all of them. Name one that we're not on and I'll give you a prize. Okay. With that, I'm Andrew. 
I'm a very disappointed James. And I'm Dylan. And this is a Project Esports podcast. We will see you guys next Monday.